We are studying together the names and titles of Jesus Christ found throughout the Word of God. We began last August, curiously enough, with the letter A, and we are all the way to the letter M now on this February morning, and we are going to study together some passages pertaining to Jesus Christ as the Mediator. A mediator is a go-between. He is someone who stands between two parties for the purpose of reconciling those two parties or for the purpose of, of, of communicating from one to the other and vice versa. You may have heard this term used if you're not familiar with the Bible, if you're a new Christian or maybe you're visiting, you've never been, never trusted Christ as your Savior. Uh, maybe you've heard this term that, that people who have a conflict, rather than go before a judge and allow that judge to pass sentence, they will have someone who will serve as a mediator. They will go to mediation. And the purpose of that individual is to, to sit this party down with that party and sit that party down with this party and see if he can serve to bring the two of them together and to bring the two of them into agreement. Now, never have there been two parties more at odds than fallen man and a holy God. Never has there been a, a party that has been more opposed to reconciliation or more, uh, uh, more unwilling to be reconciled than man in his attitude toward God. You would think with the conditions of the world, you would think with the circumstances in the average person's life, that people would be begging God for help, for mercy, for forgiveness, for uh, grace and, and yet it seems that with each passing day as the headlines grow worse and worse, as the details of life grow darker and darker, it seems that people run farther from God and are more opposed to the very idea of being brought into reconciliation with God. But should you be a man, a woman, a boy or girl who would like to know the Lord, who would like to have a right, right relationship with God Almighty, you are required to be reconciled to God. You and God are not on speaking terms. You and God are at enmity one with another. Despite the billboards you may have seen by churches who treat the Bible with less respect than they do uh, the rubbish that they carry out on a Friday afternoon, God is angry with the wicked every day. God is displeased with those who blaspheme His holy name and those who have tread the blood of His uh, Son underfoot as some unholy thing. And God has called on all men everywhere to repent. He calls on, on the human race as a whole and says, Be ye reconciled to God. But that reconciliation requires a go-between. It requires a mediator. Someone who can bring man into the presence of God and someone who can bring God into fellowship with man. God is so holy. He is so pure. He is so righteous. He is so clean. I am not fit to enter His presence. So I don't just need a mediator. I need a mediator who can cleanse me and make me fit to enter the presence of God. God is so righteous. God is so just. God is so absolutely grand in all of His ways that, 
How could he possibly commune with creatures so defiled and, and creatures so full of sin? But a mediator, there is a mediator who is offered to do what it takes to bring God and man back into a right relationship. Now, you might have grown up in a church or in a religion that offers you many mediators. You can stand before the icon of this saint and and beseech him to say prayers for you. You can uh, stand before this relic and and ask that the person represented on the relic should intercede for you. You could uh, light a candle and put 50 cents in the box and and the smoke of that candle might ascend up and and get you some favor with God. Maybe you've heard of a mediatrix, a, a female mediator who would do for you what Jesus was too mean to do. But the Bible says... And that's where we always want to look. The Bible says, the Word of God says in 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 5, For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. So we give this testimony this morning. There is one God. Only one. You may invent others. You may worship others. You may build religions around others. But there is one God. And that one God cannot be accessed by man without a mediator. But that God has provided a mediator. But again, quite narrowly we must say what the Bible says. There is one mediator. One God, one mediator. Now, how many men? Millions of men. Billions of men. Should there be trillions of men from Adam till the end of time? All of those men, all of those women, all of those boys, all of those girls will be accountable to the one God. And any of them who wants to be reconciled to the one God will have to be reconciled through the ministry of one mediator. We don't think our church is right and every other church is wrong. Our church couldn't get you into the presence of God. We don't think our religion is right and every other religion is wrong. Our religion couldn't get you into the presence of God. The mediator is not a church. The mediator is not a religion. The mediator is not a set of doctrines. The mediator is not a set of good deeds. There is one mediator. It's the man, Christ Jesus. He is the only one, and the Bible says the proof of that is that he alone gave himself a ransom for all. Now you might argue that there are other prophets. We could name some. You might argue there are other great religious figures, and we could name some. But when I began to name them, you would be offended because you have a friend that follows that religion or a relative who participates in that particular faith system. But none of those prophets died to pay for your sins. None of those priests or rabbis or ministers or pontiffs died to pay for your sins. There is one who did what was required so that you could be brought into the presence of a holy God, He died to pay for the sins of the world. Now, if that mediator could take away my sins, He could bring me by virtue of His sacrifice 
into the presence of God. Since Mary did not die to take away my sins, since a pastor didn't die to take away your sins, since John the Baptist didn't die to take away your sins, none of them can be your mediator. None of them can bring you back into a right relationship with God. Only the man Christ Jesus. Now, let's, let's take a look at the dilemma that man faced for all of those centuries before Jesus came. John, uh, I'm sorry, Job chapter number nine, book of Job back in the Old Testament, just before the book of Psalms is Job and chapter number nine. Job chapter nine. A passage to which we cannot refer too often. Beautiful portion of the Word of God. Job chapter 9 and verse number 30. Here's what the man says. A man the Bible calls perfect and upright, one who has shewed evil, feared God, shewed evil. This is Job. The man God pointed to when doing, when debating with Satan, he said, have you considered my servant Job? Now, there's a man right there. Let, let me point him out to you. And God pointed Job out to the devil, said, how do you like that one? You can't mess him up. The devil said, let me try. And he tried, and he tried, and he tried, and he tried. And Job stood the test, came out victorious. But he said, verse 30, if I wash myself with snow water and make my hands never so clean, you could look at Job and say, what a, what a clean life, what a clean man, what a clean way of living, what a clean vocabulary. Yet shalt thou plunge me in the ditch, and mine own clothes shall abhor me. This is why the inmate, when you preach in the prison, looks to the cell on his left and the cell on his right and tries to find someone who's worse than he is. Look, I'm the best inmate in the prison. This is why when you preach in the rescue mission on Saturday night, they, they, they begin to look around the room and surely there's somebody here worse than I am so I don't feel condemned and I don't feel guilty. Preacher, what about him? And the argument that you hear, whether you're preaching in a nursing home or a vacation Bible school is, I don't think I'm all that bad. Based on what? My classmates. Based on what? My cousins. Based on what? My co-workers. And you might make yourself cleaner than everybody you know. But when you look up and behold a God who has never sinned, you realize... By that standard of comparison, I can't scrub hard enough and long enough to get myself clean. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You might exceed the glory of your neighbors. You might exceed the glory of your classmates, but you'll never equal the glory of God. And so that was the situation. Knowing that, knowing he couldn't get clean enough for God's liking... He looks for a mediator. And he says in verse 32, For he is not a man as I am, that I should answer him, and we should come together in judgment. Neither is there any days man betwixt us that might lay his hand upon us both. Now, I realize you probably haven't used the word betwixt in quite some time unless... Your phone just made it show up when you were text messaging. 
That's what people say. Well, I didn't type that. The phone did it. Well, however that works, I'd make it quit working. But who among you heard that verse read and looked at that verse as I read it, and having never used the word betwixt, maybe never having seen the word betwixt, who couldn't figure it out? You don't need a new Bible, you just need to read the one you've got. And so betwixt, that is God's over here and I'm over here, and he said, God's not a man, and I'm not a God. So how is God going to communicate with me, and how am I going to communicate with God? There's no one between us who could put his hand on God and put his hand on man and bring the two together. Job said, if I just had somebody who was God manifest in the flesh, I could talk to him and he could tell God, and God could talk to him and he could tell me, and and I would have a mediator between myself and God, and he says, but it's not so with me. Look, 34. Let him, let him take away his rod from me and let not his fear terrify me. Then would I speak and not fear him, but it is not so with me. He did not have a mediator. We have a mediator. Now what changed between the days when Job lived upon this earth and the days in which you and I live? Christ Jesus came into the world. To save sinners. Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. And God who became man stood between fallen man and a holy God. He went to the cross and paid for all our sins. That he could wash them away in his own precious blood. And that he could be by virtue of his sacrifice through the instrumentality of his, of his love and of his compassion, of his grace, he could be the one that could bring man to himself and cleanse him and then bring that man into the presence of a holy God. It's Jesus Christ who is our one mediator for whom Job and so many longed throughout all those Old Testament ages. Come to John chapter 14. John chapter number 14. We quote this verse so frequently, but it's such a vital doctrinal passage, not just a a gospel passage. The Bible says in John 14 and verse number 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way. Now there we go again with that narrow, exclusive, intolerant, Position that is not my position. It's not our church's position. It's the position of Jesus Christ. Your argument's not with me. Well, you're so narrow-minded. I didn't write this. I choose to believe it. Well, your church thinks, no, no, our church believes. Doesn't matter what we think. It matters what the Bible says. We, we have chosen to agree with the Word of God. These objectors, they they cling to their their science books and their newspapers and their their internet blogs and 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 when you show them something in the Bible, they say, "Well, that that's just written by a man." 
Everything you're using to object to the Bible was written by a man. So let's lay aside the hypocrisy and just admit you choose to believe men who are against God and we choose to believe men who wrote for God. Let's, let's just say that. And the men who recorded the words of the Lord Jesus Christ recorded Him as saying, I am the way. I believe that. He's not one of many ways. He's the way. Now, if you don't believe that, you're, you're free to, uh, to disbelieve that. You're free to lose your soul. Well, what if I'm right? If you're right, we're all okay. Because you say... Every valid, every religion is valid. Every belief system is valid. It doesn't matter what you believe. You turn out okay in the end. Then if you're right, I'm okay. I got nothing to worry about because my way is just as good as your way and I get there and you get there. But if the Bible's right and you're wrong, I'm still okay. But you've lost your soul. So if you just, if you just a, a gambling man, if all roads do lead to heaven, you'd be safest to get on the one that might be the only one. I mean, if they're, if they're all going to get you there, we'll get on this one. Because if the one who blazed this path is correct, it's the only one going to the other side. That's what he said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Now watch. And no man cometh unto the Father but by me. See that? See, your town is full of people who believe in God. And they trust in God. And they think they have a, a relationship with the big man upstairs or the good guy in the sky or, or, or holy daddy or whatever, they, whatever blasphemous term they want to use. They believe they're okay with God, but they want nothing to do with Jesus Christ. Jesus said, you can't get to God unless you come by me. Look at the first verse. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God. Believe also in me. Jesus said, it was, it was fine to just believe in God, but now I'm here. And until I got here, you didn't have a mediator. But now, you have one who can bring you into the presence of God. That's our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, for example, he said, whatsoever you shall ask in my name. Right? Him that cometh unto me, I will in no wise cast out. You don't come to God, you come to Jesus. Jesus brings you in the presence of God. He's the mediator. Now, come to Hebrews chapter number 12. One God and one mediator. He's the daysman betwixt two. He is the only way to enter into the presence of the Father. Hebrews chapter number 12. Let's start at verse number 18. Hebrews 12 verse 18. For ye are not come unto the mount that might be touched, and that burn with fire, nor unto blackness and darkness and tempest, and the sound of a trumpet, and the voice of words, which voice they that heard entreated that the word should not be spoken to them any more. For they could not endure that which was commanded. And if so much as a beast touched the mountain, it should be stoned or thrust through with a dart. And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. Now, we were looking yesterday 
I was looking with a, with a brother at a picture of the, uh, what a uh, one man's depiction of the fire on Mount Sinai as God came down. And we often have, have said to ourselves when we think of these scenes in the Bible, oh, I would like to have been there. I, I sure wish I could have seen that. The people who were there and saw it said, make it go away. Oh, if I just could have heard God's voice like they did when he came down on Mount Sinai to give the law, the people that were there said, turn it off. We, we overestimate our ability to handle the revelation of God's power and of His majesty and of its might. The people who were there, Moses himself, said, well, Moses went up on a mountain to talk to God. It doesn't look like he just ran up there skipping with a big smile on his face. Okay, here's the deal, Moses. See that volcano up there? Yeah. Feel that earthquake? Yeah. See that thunder and lightning? Yeah. I want you to go up there. Oh, sure. No problem. So, the problem that, that was faced in Old Testament times by those who were the closest, to, as close to God as a man could be, is when God came down on that mountain, and one man, Moses, got to go up and meet with God on that mountain, what God gave that man were rules that the people at the foot of the mountain couldn't keep. Were commandments that were beyond the ability of a single human being to observe. He said, Moses, you tell them if they set foot on that mountain while I'm here, I'll drop them dead. If their horse wanders over here too close to that mountain, I'll drop it dead. I don't want anybody near me. If they want to come near me, give them this. Tell them, do everything that's in this, in these commandments or leave me alone. Now you can say, well, you know, back then they kept the law and nobody ever kept the law. That's why nobody died and entered the presence of God. They died and went in Abraham's bosom for safekeeping. Then one day, God came down to this earth and went to another mountain. That mountain wasn't Sinai, that mountain was Calvary. And he went to, when he went to that mountain, he took those laws with him. And he died to pay for every transgression of that law by every man, woman, boy, and girl that had ever lived. He shed his precious blood to cover the sins, to take away the sins of those who violated that law. And from that mountain, from that mountain, he said, if you want to live, come on up. If you want to have eternal life, come on up. Now that first mountain, he said, don't you touch that mountain, you're not fit. And Moses came down off that mountain with the proof that man wasn't fit to enter God's presence. But when Jesus Christ finished his work on that second mountain, come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Him that cometh unto me, I will in no wise cast out. I am the way, the truth, and the life. You can come unto the Father by me. From that mountain, not a warning to stay away, but an invitation to draw nigh. What do we have? One mediator between God and men. Keep reading. The Bible says, verse 22, But ye are come unto Mount Zion, and unto the city of the living God, 
the heavenly Jerusalem, and do an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn which are written in heaven, and to God the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. Now, if you would, go, if you were to take time this morning, or this afternoon, we won't this morning, and go back and read Genesis 4, that story of Cain and Abel. We looked at it just a week or so ago when we looked at Jesus as the Lamb. Abel brought unto God a more excellent sacrifice. And God had respect unto Abel and to his offering because he brought the blood of a Lamb. And that acceptable sacrifice, that God-ordained sacrifice, allowed Abel to be declared just, to be recorded in the roll call of faith, because Abel, Abel, came to God through the blood of a lamb. But the blood that Jesus shed, it didn't bring one man into temporary and partial fellowship with God. It has brought millions and millions and millions into everlasting fellowship with a holy God. How much better is the blood of Jesus Christ by which... Now, now, here's God, here's man. How do I get to God? You say, by Jesus, not by His teaching, not by His life, not by walking in His footsteps, not by saying nice things about Him, not by having His painting on the wall in your church, by His precious blood. We are cleansed from our sin and we may enter into the presence of God through the, through the shed blood of the one mediator. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Verse 25, See that ye refuse not him that speaketh. For if they escape not who refused him that spake on earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven. So, here's, here's the message. All of those people sitting at the foot of Mount Sinai, they didn't have to believe those commandments. But if they didn't believe them, the promised judgment within those commandments fell upon them whether they believed it or not. Well, I think Moses just made that up. Yeah, but if you violate what it says, guess what happens? Exactly what the law said would happen. It didn't matter if everybody in the camp of Israel agreed that the law was right or if everybody in the camp of Israel rejected it. Its precepts applied. And for century after century after century after century, that nation was rewarded or blessed on the basis of that law, whether they believed it or didn't believe it. And so today, you can say, well, I don't believe Jesus is the only way. That doesn't change anything. Well, I'm not so sure if that's right. It doesn't change anything. He is the one mediator. He is the one way to the one God. And if you will come to Him by faith, the blood that He shed upon the cross will wash away your sin. Having been cleansed by the precious blood of Jesus Christ, He will bring you into the presence of His Father. God and man reconciled through the mediation 
of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, here's, here's one last thing we need to say about this. Suppose this morning that you had, you had entered into some kind of an agreement. Somebody on this side entered an agreement with someone on this side, and you loaned that man $1,000. You said loan, and the paper you signed said loan, and the conversations you had said loan. But the man on this side, every time you said loan, he heard give. And when he signed the paper that said loan, his eyes looked at the paper and saw never pay back. And so you, you, you've tried to talk about it and you've tried to get it worked out, but it just hasn't worked. And so you call for a mediator, a.k.a. pastor. And so you go and sit in the office and you, you've got the paperwork and he's got his side and you've got your side and you've got your side and he's got his side. And, and, and here's, here's what has to happen. Either both of them have to agree they were wrong or both of them insist they were right and, and walk out without reconciliation or one person has to agree the other person was right. The only way the thing can be reconciled is somebody has to give in and say, I was wrong and he was right. Then and only then can you have reconciliation. And the reason so few people walk an aisle in this day and age and bow their knees and call on Jesus Christ for salvation, they will not admit somebody in this conversation is wrong. Well, I think God's okay, but I think I'm okay. And I think God's wonderful, but I think I'm wonderful. And I don't think God's ever sinned, but I'm pretty sure I've never sinned either. And you go out and witness, and there aren't near as many objections to the righteousness and holiness of God as there are to the suggestion that you come short of that glory. I'm telling you, there is a way to be reconciled to God, but you're going to have to listen to what the mediator says. You have violated the terms of the agreement. And if you don't repent and seek forgiveness, you can't be reconciled. See, the mediator is not there to do whatever it takes to patch it up. The mediator is there to tell the party who is wrong, this is the only way this can be patched up. So Jesus Christ stands offering forgiveness of sins. He stands offering everlasting life. He stands offering access forever into the presence of Almighty God. You're just going to have to agree to his terms. He's the one mediator. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So, will you come to Jesus that he might bring you to God? Have you come to Jesus that he might bring you to God? If you have, you know what a wonderful thing it is to have a mediator. If you have not, what a joy this morning to know that God has provided that go-between so that you and God can be reconciled. Praise the Lord.